0: All the stories that you're gonna hear in this podcast are true. None of the names have been changed because we've all done something stupid. St. Eric Lane, and welcome to the midweek bonus episode of My Stupid World. Just remember, if you see something stupid, say something stupid. And if you like the podcast, make sure you rate and review it, because I get five-star stupidity for you. So give it a five-star rating. And maybe even write a review of the podcast. I just might read it in an upcoming episode. You might also get mentioned on my podcast if you take your um, GPS a little too seriously. (laughs) Yes, uh, we had some stories about this, uh, particularly about the delivery driver that drove into a body of water because his GPS told him to. That's from a previous episode. Well, here we go again. This time it's an American tourist who tried to drive a $25,000 Nissan down a tiny footpath but got stuck for a week. And she's blaming her GPS. Uh, The white Nissan Juke was jammed into this narrow entryway when two American visitors to a popular UK seaside town went the wrong way and said, well, their GPS told them to go that way. I I keep hearing my mother coming in and saying, if that GPS told you to jump off the roof, would you do it? Well, the car ended up being wedged between two stone walls that border a footpath. They drove the car literally until they couldn't go any further. They ended up escaping the vehicle by climbing out of the windows because it was wedged in so tight. A mechanic said it was especially difficult to extricate the car because the walls that it was wedged between are actually protected by their Victorian heritage status. So they couldn't damage the walls. They couldn't tear the walls down. They were actually considering the idea of literally cutting up the brand new car. Well, instead, the man and his colleagues decided to scrape mud from the footpath so that the car's wheels could get some traction. It took more than four and a half hours to finish dragging this battered and scraped up car back up the footpath to be towed away for repairs. I don't know. Does when when you use common sense, uh, when you use GPS, does your common sense get shut off in the process? <clears throat> I just don't know. <sighs> just kind of reminds me of the time we made this drive to the Washington D.C. area, which probably should have taken maybe four hours, three and a half hours. It took us over five and a half hours because. My wife was following the GPS, and it avoided all the highways. So we took the back roads to Washington, D.C., and she couldn't figure out why. Well, we have an elderly woman. She wasn't following her GPS. I'm not sure what she was following, but she drove her vehicle off the roadway, causing it to do a full flip and landing back on its wheels, then drove away. This woman drove with a broken windshield and an inoperative front right tire for seven miles before conservation officers with the Michigan Department of Natural Resources tracked her down, according to a DNR enforcement report. Now, this front right tire was completely worn off and the rim was grinding on the pavement. Conservation officers Nicholas Ingersoll and Elliot Worrell were requested by the Monroe County Central Dispatch to assist in finding this vehicle, according to the report. They found it stopped in the middle of the roadway. They spoke with the driver, <clears throat> who was confused, and determined what had happened. The woman and her dog were evaluated by the medical personnel at the scene and found to be in stable condition, according to the report. The scene was then turned over to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office for investigation. This woman literally was a danger to everybody on the road. But look, to be fair, that was probably before she flipped her car and drove off on her rims. That's a pretty big Michigan disaster, you know? In fact, it kind of reminds everyone of that last few Detroit Pistons seasons, you know? (laughs) Okay, Um, I... uh, every week take my trash bins out um, to the curb like all the neighbors do around here. And trust me, taking trash bins out, you know, to the curb is not what I would call a glamorous task by any means, right? But it's, you know, something that has to be done if you want to keep things nice, clean and tidy in your house, right? When you get your weekly email reminding you to, you know, put the bins out for collection the day after, though, it can still in, can instill some panic in you, right? Right especially if you're already in your jammies trying to chill out, right? But look, who cares? You're you're just putting out the trash bins, right? Well, one woman thought she'd get away with putting the bins out without her pants. But uh, she got a little nasty note from a neighbor who was not impressed that her husband could see the woman on their ring doorbell. uh, Taking to TikTok under the username at emilyk8zz, Emily revealed her findings sharing a handwritten uh, image. Uh, Well, it's actually an image of a handwritten note that said, Hi, my husband can see you on our ring camera. Please put pants on when you take out your trash. Your neighbor. (laughs) And by pants, um, the Brits will be glad to know that they mean trousers. Because the woman in the video is actually an American Emily, you see, was seemingly completely unbothered by the situation. She defiantly captioned her video, Nah, I'm good, love, enjoy, refusing to give in to her neighbor's demands. Now, in the comments section, there were folks that found her reaction to the ticking off quite hilarious. One wrote, Nope, tell them to turn off the camera. Somebody else said, Right back, thanks, but I'm good. Talk to your husband, not me. (laughs) Or, uh, I like this one, I would love to hear the conversation that led up to that note said one TikToker. Another one had wrote, uh, I would write back, close your eyes. Well, Emily's video comes after another woman was recently told off by the person next door for her loud bedroom activities. Only fans creator Kimmy was left red-faced after somebody from next door delivered a note complaining about her extremely loud orgasms. (laughs) But unlike Emily, she was left seriously embarrassed, joking that she was considering moving house. See, I would do that. Somebody wrote me a note telling me to put on pants. I would just take more off. (laughs) You know, it's my house, my yard. You know, hey. Anyway, (sighs) check this out. This is something Americans can pop their chest out with pride because the record for the world's largest gourd is back in American hands the World Championship Pumpkin Weigh-Off. It was held near San Francisco, and the winner was a 2,749-pound pumpkin grown in Minnesota. (laughs) The previous record was a pumpkin from Italy. Don't want them Italian pumpkins to outdo us here. This uh, one from Italy weighed about 2,702 pounds. Now, that was back in 2021. Now, this one was 47 pounds heavier. There's a few more details on this new largest pumpkin ever grown. First off, the pumpkin's name, Michael Jordan. (laughs) Yeah, they're naming pumpkins here in this country. The guy that grew it named it after him because, well, the the year is 2023. Jordan wore number 23, and he was hoping that it might be the greatest of all time. Secondly, the grower is a 43-year-old man named Travis Ginger. He teaches horticulture at Annika Technical College near Minneapolis and has been growing pumpkins ever since he was a teenager. He uh, broke the American record last year with a 2,560 pound pumpkin. And, uh, well, we got Travis here talking about the logistics of actually weighing the pumpkin. And the moment that he broke, the record. This thing's not going to weigh on a four by four scale. I said it needs something bigger. I mean, the thing's seven foot five long by six foot seven. But yeah, they had to buy a new scale for it. This thing's been surprising. This thing's named Michael Jordan because it's 23 and the greatest basketball player of all time. So the only thing we got to figure out is it the greatest pumpkin of all times. 2749. That's a world record. World record. The payout, by the way, is $9 a pound. So he sold it for just under $25,000. Yeah, and you're thinking, oh my gourd. <clears throat> well, that would only net him about ten dollars because it cost $15,000 to grow. But he did get an extra thirty dollars for breaking the record, so he made about $40,000. And by the way, this was the 50th World Championship. The first was back in 1974 when the winning pumpkin Weighed about 132 pounds. So if you're doing the math, this one's about 20 times bigger. They had to upgrade their scale this year just to weigh it. The pumpkins that we use for jack-o'-lanterns, though, they're more like 10 pounds. So it's like having 275 of those and uh, could make at least 687 pumpkin pies. And uh, this uh, record-breaking pumpkin is about as heavy as a walrus, a hippopotamus, or a Mazda Miata with two actual Michael Jordans sitting inside. That's a big pumpkin. That's right. Well, this is a big problem for Floridians. And one of the main reasons I'm not in Florida, but some Floridians are actually leaving their coastal homes because they don't want to be at the risk of extreme weather events and the increasing insurance premiums, but they're not going that far. They're actually descending on Ocala, a 64,000-person inland town located centrally in the state about an hour's drive north of Orlando, according to the Wall Street Journal. Dubbed the horse capital of the world for its many equestrian facilities, the small town is now a hot spot for folks that just want to stay in the sunshine state but they really don't like hurricanes, and they're just looking for higher elevation. In fact, one Ocala real estate agent named Courtney Moody told the insider, by the time a hurricane reaches us, they kind of lose steam. It's mostly a rainstorm, Moody says, that the town's reputation for its elevation, which is about 100 feet above sea level, has made Ocala, Florida, an attractive destination for homebuyers. Look, the town's only so big, right? Hey, I have an idea. Move to Pennsylvania. We get rainstorms all the time. Haven't really seen much of a hurricane. Well, there's a Pennsylvania couple that recorded uh, paranormal activity in their house. No hurricane, just ghosts. Uh, Papa John's Pizza employee, Jorge Luis Cruz Molina, and his wife claim their house is haunted. By the way, Pennsylvania is like the 10th most haunted state in the country, in case you didn't know that. Because we got more haunts and more haunted houses well apparently the family posted footage on their tiktok page at magical poltergeist one of the videos shows a door shutting lights flickering a wall hung crucifix spinning up the wall there's another clip where molina's wife can be seen freaking out and screaming for her husband as her bedroom door suddenly closes and stuff falls off of a shelf Other clips allegedly show objects levitating, chairs rocking by themselves, and refrigerator doors opening on their own. Meanwhile, their most recent clips show a doll switching its sitting position on a chair. It's really unclear whether these occurrences are evidence of any paranormal activity. However, they said that we are not going to let this thing run our lives. We're going to continue to try to do anything we can to stop this activity. (laughs) I don't know, maybe bring in a Catholic priest? In a recent survey actually 42 percent of people say that they have felt paranormal presence in their house or at least something or someone they couldn't see and 37 percent have heard unexplained sounds like footsteps or voices i hear unexplained sounds from my house sometimes but it's usually grandma passing gas in the next room well 18 percent claim they've actually seen apparitions or ghostly figures but despite all of that 16 percent of the folks actually think their home is haunted Although that might not be a huge deal. 24% of the people say they would buy a house that's haunted if the price was right. You could charge admission, especially make a lot of money around October. Well, uh, maybe I would take a haunted house over a neighbor I couldn't get along with. There's a 28-year-old Florida woman who's facing a felony charge because she allegedly shoved a bag of doggy-doo into the face of her elderly neighbor. Collie Robertson was arrested after a confrontation at a mobile home park, of course, where she and the 76-year-old victim live in separate residences. According to a complaint charging Robertson with battery on a victim 65 years or older, she became upset with Daniel Powell, who would always speak with her while she walked her dog. Robertson, cops say, took an unsecured bag of dog feces and pushed it into Powell's face, leaving feces smeared on his face and the bag on the ground. The dog waste bag matched those in the defendant's possession, and she ultimately admitted to the battery, according to a Pinellas Park police officer. Robertson, who was released from jail after she posted a $2,500 bond, pled not guilty to the third-degree felony. Now, look, you never want to hear about someone getting poop-faced, unless of course you know they're getting a little wild at the bar but shoving a bag of dog poop in somebody's face is just simply awful but hey look at least she picked up after her pooch right you got to find the good in everything well i'm not sure i can find much good in this there's Definitely something fishy afoot, but this renter is definitely not going to take the bait. Refusing to be reeled in by her uh, slippery landlord's apparent money grab, an outraged tenant is virtually deep-frying her property owners for attempting to hook her with a pricey pet fee for a tanked goldfish. It's a woman in North Carolina who's calling out her landlord for this pet fee. Her name is aviana brown and here she is talking about the situation on her tiktok account so tell me why my apartment complex tried to charge me 250 for a fish as a pet fee mind y'all let me show y'all the fish tank 2.5 gallon fish tank am i tripping in this eye-popping post which is already knitted over three two hundred and thirty six thousand nine hundred views brown who is a mother of one shared screenshots of text messages from her complex's leasing office, insisting she fill out a pet application and submit a $250 money order for her scaly little swimmer. Confused by the request, the single mom admittedly ignored the demand as she failed to consider the goldfish, which, unlike a dog or a cat, is about six inches long and confined to a fishbowl and causes little to no noise or damage as an actual pet. Now, if you had, you know, a pet shark, that might be different. Yeah, well, you know, from paying a $250 goldfish fee to banning Skittles. Yeah, we're up to this point now. Now that's happening in California. California has officially banned Skittles and other candies starting in 2027, thanks to Governor Gavin Newsom. He signed a bill known as the California Food Safety Act. The bill targets food products that contain the substances brominated vegetable oil, uh, potassium bromate, uh, Propylbarabin or red dye number three. Now, red dye number three is found in Skittles and other confectionaries like Pez and hot tamales and double bubble gum, while brominated vegetable oil is normally concocted in citrus soft drinks. So, Newsom said that the law is, quote, a positive step forward. Now, KTLA-TV reported that at least one candy-based lobbying group was slamming the move as one that will create a patchwork of inconsistent state requirements rather than a uniform national food safety system. Newsom said he's doing this until the United States Food and Drug Administration reviews and establishes national updated safety levels for these additives, or maybe until California decides to <clears throat> join the rest of the country. There is an airport security at Panama City's Tokman International Airport, which was searched. Um, they searched this Copa airline, and guess what they found. Yeah, they, well, they, they uh, searched this uh, airline. It was bound for Tampa because they suspected that there was a bomb. But they didn't find a the bomb. They didn't find Skittles. They didn't find dog poop. They did find an adult diaper. The plane had returned to the Panama City Airport earlier following reports of a possible bomb. The Boeing 737-800 landed about 11 o'clock in the morning local time and moved to an isolated stretch of the tarmac. About 144 passengers then were deplaned. Panama City's a- a civil uh, aeronautics authority said that the, on social media platform X and any anti-explosives team, then uh, they come in to inspect the aircraft. Jose Castro, the head of the airport security team, said a suspicious object in one of the plane's bathrooms was found. <clears throat> and it was an adult diaper. But But look, to be fair, you know those can also really blow up airlines airplanes too if you know what i mean you know it's not every day though you find an adult diaper lying around on an airplane unless of course you're flying on air force 1 You know, I'm open to talk about anything, but love talking about surviving and the stupidity that's always around us. If you're insane enough to ask, I'm insane enough to reply. I'd love to hear from you, either by leaving a voice message or a written message. You can do that at podcast.insanericlane.com. Leave any comment that you have from a podcast to a question, and I'll be happy to address either one your question or comment just might be played and or talked about in a future episode. And if you or someone you know would like to join in on a podcast, you're more than welcome to participate. If you have the Spotify for Podcasters app on your phone, you can do just that. It's as simple as a phone call. Just download the app at your favorite app store and add the podcast here to your favorites. You can also email me with comments, questions, requests at shoutout at insaneericlane.com. Of course, you can also subscribe to the podcast, podcast if you listen on Apple, iHeart, Breakers, Google, Verbo, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook or Twitter at Insane Eric Lane. And now from the news desk called Insane Eric Lane, it's the Week in Review. A group of Republicans are calling for the Biden administration to allow the public additional time to voice concerns with a proposal to release grizzly bear populations in a federally managed forest area in northern Washington. And they're arguing that Joe has already released dangerous wild animals because he allows Hunter to roam free. If you thought cocaine bear did a lot of snorting, then you probably haven't hung out with Hunter in a strip club. A of 2,000 adults find 75% receive up to seven presents each year, which they'll never use. These are gifts that always make us super happy that goodwill exists. Yeah, friends, children, and colleagues are labeled as the worst present givers. And spouses weren't even included because they forget to buy a gift and give you nothing at all. Residents in the Bay Area are instituting a penalty for brunch vomiters. So I guess uh, these establishments wouldn't like the Tony Bennett remake, I Left My Brunch in San Francisco. One restaurant sports a sign that says, quote, Dear all mimosa lovers, please drink responsibly and know your limits. A $50 cleaning fee will be automatically included in your tab when you throw up in our public areas. Hmm, geez, they might as well just shred up those so-called Bill of Rights Recently, a cantaloupe was recalled in Canada over salmonella concerns. That's right, the fruit could somehow make Canadians sicker than the sight of Justin Trudeau. Canadians are dealing with contaminated fruit, but look, that's still better than Americans dealing with elected vegetables. Director Guillermo del Toro has revealed that Tom Cruise almost starred in his 2013 Monster Mash action movie Pacific Rim. But He cast someone else because taking on those monsters was a tall order. And look, let's face it, Tom's never associated with tall. Plus, Tom would have uh, actually tried to kill the monsters. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, everybody knows he would have just tried to convert them to Scientology instead, see? In the National Hockey League, regular season's kicked off, and, well, this year they've adopted a new slogan. Hey, at least it's not baseball. I'm surprised that hockey's not more popular in the South. I mean, after all, many of these people also love getting into fistfights and have very little teeth as well. Republican presidential candidate, former Representative Will Hurd of Texas, is ending his long-shot bid for the White House. But look, it's not a big deal because nobody has ever heard of this guy. I mean, he's now endorsing Nikki Haley, which really makes sense because she also has no chance of winning. And according to a new survey... Two in five teenagers have used the ChatGPT in the last six months. Yes, and I said the ChatGPT. Well, the other three in five haven't used it simply because they have already dropped out of school. But some schools have uh, banned the use of ChatGPT over concerns that it could be used to cheat. But in reality, most kids these days just use it because their writing is somehow even worse than the average New York Times reporter. The Los Angeles Police Department released a video of a 2017 incident where two officers ignored a call for a robbery to go play Pokemon Go. And yeah, we covered that story right here on the podcast. I guess these cops live by the slogan, gotta catch them all. But sadly, that doesn't apply to criminals. And a python sneaked into somebody's bathroom in Australia, then looped itself around their toilet paper, which actually helps with going to the bathroom because seeing this makes you immediately crap yourself. (laughs) I seriously don't know how anybody lives in Australia. I mean, it's filled with so many horrifying creatures, and that's just their government. Prices for the Disney bundle, which include Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus, are rising significantly. Frankly, at this point, Mickey Mouse is pickpocketing you so badly, you'd think that he was roaming the streets of Chicago. Prices for all the streaming services just keep going up. I mean, at this point, people may try to be... They just might try duct-taping together the cable cord that they cut. And Gwyneth Paltrow was caught using her Oscar trophy to prop open an outdoor gate on her property. Now, somebody, some folks might say this is the most offensive thing that she's done since releasing a vagina-scented candle. That's probably just a joke, you know. I mean, like her acting career during the last 20 years. And former NFL star Dante Whitner criticized Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott after his performance in a 42-10 loss against the unbeaten San Francisco 49ers. I mean, he ripped on Dak so hard, you'd think he was an actual Dallas Cowboys fan. A new low-cost rideshare service via Tesla's SUVs is now hitting the streets of Tampa Bay, and it's a super safe ride, so you won't die. But the car battery sure will. <laughs> the service is called DASH. It stands for Downtown Area Shared Hubs. And uh, rides that cost just two bucks per person are requested through an app. It's a cheap way to get around Tampa, but most people are just trying to get out of Tampa. A Florida man interrupted a big bear snack when he found the animals stealing fish sticks and strawberry syrup from his garage. You know, we had cocaine bear. Now it sounds like we got marijuana bear. Okay, maybe this bear wasn't high on the wacky tobacco, but look, if you've ever seen humans dumping strawberry syrup on fish sticks, you know that they're probably more lit than the Christmas trees. According to Madonna's former roommate, Whitney Hill, when the Queen of Pop met Al Pacino in the 70s, She put her tongue in his ear. But look, if I'm being honest, Madonna's tongue has probably seen way worse. And there's a biography that's out called Madonna, A Rebel Life. Well, in that book, Hill shared that her dad, Ed Cetrican, had introduced the Godfather star to Madonna at a dinner in New York City. They took a shot, but after this incident, Al also needed to take a penicillin shot. Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman joined late-night host Stephen Colbert, and said Americans weren't sending their, quote, best and brightest to Capitol Hill, arguing that it's scary. Look, say what you will about that guy. At least he's self-aware. According to a new study, California has earned the dubious honor of having the worst bullying problem in the U.S., and that's just based on the way residents treat Gavin Newsom these days. About 20% of students between between 12 to 18 years old experience bullying, whether it's in person or online or both, according to researchers at WalletHub. So I guess expect to see many young Californians trade the school bus for a U-Haul truck. Mm -hmm. Okay, just kidding. Okay. I mean, all of the U-Haul trucks leaving California have actually been booked for years. (laughs) And the Japanese city of Kyoto is now selling obsolete manhole covers that are decorated with artwork kind of weird. Well, actually, it's incredibly weird, but it's just nice to hear about a manhole that wasn't discovered on Hunter Biden's laptop. Sure, manhole covers are heavy discs of cast iron that separate us from our subterranean sewage, but these can't be any crappier than most of the artwork that you buy. Taylor Swift The Eras Tour is in theaters. It actually opened on October or Friday the 13th, October 13th. Yeah, and you thought the most horrifying thing about Friday the 13th was the mass murders. (laughs) Yeah, well, this movie is a whopping two hours and 48 minutes long. So parents across the country really are going to wish that the Friday the 13th killer Jason Voorhees would enter the theater and end their misery. A new report is out that says wide receiver Tariq Hill has been fined significantly over the course of multiple games for not wearing socks. I can only assume he's been charged for having such nasty, smelly feet. I mean, who the heck doesn't wear socks when playing sports? I mean, Tariq did recently say he wants to become a porn star when he retires. So maybe he's just using his socks to practice. (laughs) Okay, I'll just stop right there. A new survey finds that 56% of adults feel behind on retirement savings, yours truly included. The other 44% don't really feel behind because we don't have any retirement savings. There was a large black bear that was caught on home surveillance cameras raiding a woman's kitchen in Connecticut, snatching a frozen chicken before darting out of the cracked open window, You know, things are so bad in the Northeast that even the animals are stealing. This large uh, bear is the first seen in the front part of the hallway. Then he starts following his nose to the kitchen and proficiently opens the freezer door with his paws. This bear made such a beeline to the kitchen, you'd think he was a hammered dude home from the bar at 2 (coughs) a.m. Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey poked fun at the NFL's Taylor Swift obsession in a Saturday Night Live cameo. And after watching this uh, piece of sketch comedy, viewers are really missing the writer's strike. <coughs> you know, yeah, Taylor Swift herself took to a stage to introduce musical guest Ice Spice. And after listening to Ice Spice's music, everybody decided that uh, the Swift-Kelsey coverage isn't the only thing that makes your ears bleed. The CEO of a major clothing company has suggested wearing pants in the shower to combat the climate crisis. He might be worried about the planet heating up, but nothing is more fried than this dude's brain. Levi's CEO, Chip Berg, cited environmental science and claimed that washing machines are causing toxic microfibers from denim to build up in aquatic ecosystems. Sounds like this guy avoids doing the laundry more than the smelly college students I know. StudyFinds.com has compiled the best Halloween celebrations in the U.S. And the Village Halloween Parade in Manhattan, New York, takes the number one spot. You see all kinds of terrifying monsters in New York, but that's before the Halloween happens. Also on the list, the Festival of the Dead in Salem, Massachusetts. Although, these days, that sounds like an event that would probably be taking place at the White House. Lauren Bobert's uh, re-election campaign shelled out hundreds of dollars to a bar co-owned by the man she was seen fondling during a Denver performance of Beetlejuice. Yeah, but money wasn't the only thing being blown in that bar. Uh, the campaign for Bobert spent $317.48 for an event at the Hoochcraft Cocktail Bar in Aspen, Colorado, according to FEC Records. Lauren had sex on the beach. <laughs> And afterwards, she ordered that cocktail with the same name. An Italian motorcyclist was recently left in excruciating pain after a motorcycle crash, dislodged his testicle, and sent it up into his body. Ouch. People haven't seen a man's balls removed quite like this since Harry married Meghan. The impact of the crash forced the gonad out of the scrotum and through the inguinal canal, that's the small passageway in the groin, before it finally settled in the abdomen. Luckily, it was surgically repaired. Otherwise, people would be saying, I can't believe the ball on that guy. A great big stupid boy. You can really get up close and personal by interacting with the podcast and get the real time updates and a little of uh, the uh, articles from the stupid stories that you hear when you join Insane Eric Lane's Stupid World Telegram channel. I'll be posting links to the stories that I read here on the episodes. You're able to read the actual articles, see the pictures, look at the videos, make comments about what you have actually seen or read or even heard about and even share some of your own stupid stories with um, everybody in the community. Visit t.me/insaneericlane. That's tme insane and you get a preview of the channel and there's also an opportunity to just download the, the Telegram messenger right there from the preview channel right to your device desktop or mobile for Windows, Linux, Android or Apple. And also, you can interact with me as well on social media. Follow me at Insane, E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E, on Facebook or Twitter, or visit the website at InsaneErikLane.com. Underneath this genius, I'm simply a human. It's like a caveman thing or something. And now this week's Genius award." And in this week's Genius Awards... An unusual incident happened where deputies said 41-year-old Michael Ray Few forced his way into the Lake County, Florida, Detention Center. Lake County deputies said it started when a homeless man tried to force his way into the detention center, and it all ended with that man being shocked with a stun gun. The Lake County Sheriff's Office said around 9 p.m., Michael Ray Few could be seen on security cameras entering the jail's lobby and acting like he was hiding from somebody and yelling that somebody was trying to kill him. Few allegedly moved a metal detector and squeezed through a small opening that led into the jail's x-ray machine to bypass a secured door. Before entering another lobby that has restricted access, he's accused of damaging some of the computers along the way. When law enforcement officers confronted Few, he allegedly charged at them. According to the officers, Few continued to resist and was finally tackled and ultimately shocked with a stun gun. While they were searching, few officers said they found a meth pipe. Then he was taken to the Advent Health Waterman for evaluation because of his mental state. He's now facing charges for burglary of an occupied structure, felony criminal mischief, battery on a law enforcement officer, and introducing contraband into a secured facility, a total bond set at $27,000. So this guy broke into jail. I wonder if he realized that you're supposed to do the opposite. But anyway, I guess this guy could probably star in a remake of The Shawshank Redemption. Only this time, Tim Robbins' character, Andy uh, Dufresne, is a complete moron. And then there's this. A 75-year-old Ohio man was arrested after police said he was caught on a porch with no pants masturbating. Zanesville police say they received a report of a male subject who was on the victim's porch on Woodlawn Avenue. Police say they recovered surveillance video that identified Gary Johnson of Zanesville. It's <clears throat> an appropriate name. Zanesville, Ohio police conducted the traffic stop on the vehicle that Johnson was driving and he was taken into custody. He's currently in the Zanesville City Jail. And Johnson is charged with aggravated trespass, public indecency, and voyeurism, and I guess illegal use of his Johnson. In 2021, Johnson was also arrested for the same sort of crimes. He was found guilty of public indecency and criminal trespass, and he served 180 days in jail for those offenses. This man definitely sounds very self-congratulatory. I mean, after all, he was giving himself a hand. He's also being charged with animal abuse because he was clearly seen spanking the monkey and choking the chicken. And how about this? In California... The Santa Monica Police Department evacuated Pacific Park on the Santa Monica Pier after a man claiming to have a bomb scaled the iconic Ferris wheel. The incident began around 3 in the afternoon when witnesses heard the man allegedly make comments about being in possession of a bomb. At some point, the man then scaled that famous Ferris wheel and wouldn't come down. A crisis negotiating team was then called to the scene and was in contact with the man in hopes of trying to get him to surrender. After about an hour of talking with the man, he began working his way down the structure where he was then quickly apprehended by police just after 4.30 in the afternoon. And throughout the whole incident, the man was seen holding a backpack, but police apparently were not concerned about the possibility of him actually having explosives. Police later confirmed he was not in possession of any explosive devices. Now, video from Sky 5 showed officers blocking off the entrance to the pier and escorting civilians out of Pacific Park. Firefighters could also be seen using a lift to reach the multiple people who were stranded on the Ferris wheel, but it did not appear that any were removed from the ride. Instead, they just waited for the situation to resolve itself before engaging the Ferris wheel uh, to allow the riders off. The Santa Monica of Fear then reopened to the public about 5.15 that afternoon. The psycho claimed to have a bomb. Luckily, the only thing that blew up in his face was his crappy plan. I mean, what kind of a lunatic scales a Ferris wheel? I guess it takes all kinds to make the world go round. But what about this? A 34-year-old Florida woman was arrested for leaving Walmart without paying for her items because she thought the security guard was trying to holler at her. Yeah. Hey, you! (laughs) Now, well, Catherine Eves was arrested and charged with petty theft. Uh, That's petty retail theft for the incident that unfolded at the Walmart at 34 Bahia Avenue in Acala, The asset protection specialist at Walmart there told deputies that Eves left the store without paying for her items and refused to go back inside to check out. Now, Surveillance footage from Walmart showed Eves walking around the store for about three hours before walking into the tire center, passing several cash registers and then leaving the store, according to the affidavit. As Eves was walking toward the exit, the asset protection specialist tried to talk to her, telling her several times to go back inside. That's when Eves yelled back at him and walked away, according to the affidavit. Now, in the post-Miranda interview, Eves told deputies the security guard started talking to her, but she thought he was trying to holler, so she ran out of the store, according to the affidavit. Eves also said she was at Walmart in the first place because she had nothing to do and was killing time, adding that she had to return a few things and grab a few more. She was then transported to the Marion County Jail, but has now since been released. So she thought the guard was trying to holler at her. I assume that means hit on her. But look, even the most desperate person on earth wouldn't try to pick up somebody at a Walmart. Walmart security wasn't too upset, though. I mean, after all, they were just happy to not get punched in the face again. And you got to check this one out. In December of 2022, Milwaukee police officers were making a traffic stop near Holton and Keefe when you hear this door slam on the police dash cam video. Then you see the squad car drive right by an officer. Seconds later, you hear laughter from inside the cruiser and a call for backup over the radio. You hear an officer say, "Uh, looks like somebody just stole my vehicle. The dispatcher replies, Okay, did you say your vehicle? <coughs> to which the officer says, <coughs> affirmative, vehicle 106. <coughs> in the squad car, the driver runs a stop sign, passes a car on the street, and drives fast over a speed bump. And after about a minute, the man gets out of the, the police car and runs off. Now, in the video obtained by 12 News, you see an officer with his gun out in an alley. As the officer approaches a trash can, the man pops out prosecutors later identified him as Daniel Barton then months later investigators say he stole another police vehicle and this time it was in Shorewood. Barton is accused of stealing a cruiser during a traffic stop near Capitol and Estabrook Parkway before being arrested about 10 minutes later now in both cases the Milwaukee County Court found Barton competent to stand trial now he's facing misdemeanor charges in both cases (laughs) stealing a cop car is incredibly stupid I mean, he should have just stolen a normal car like a regular criminal. I mean, the people of Milwaukee hate this kind of carjacking. You know, they're they're asking the criminal to please keep this activity where it belongs. in Detroit. And you'll never believe this one. An investigation is underway in Florida after burglars used tractor trailers to steal more than one point six million dollars worth of alcohol from a distribution company that carries brands like Jose Cuervo and Malibu. The theft began during an early morning hours at the Republic National Distributing Company in Hillsborough County, south of Tampa. Between 4.10 in the morning and 9.45 in the morning, the thieves removed 4,277 cases of liquor from the company that also distributes alcohol from Franzia Wines and Sutter Home Winery. Authorities believe that there is probable cause that the phone contains specific information, technical data, and evidence showing that a burglary and grand theft took place, according to the Warrant. The thieves, referred to in the document as unknown suspects, also removed digital video recorders used by the alcohol distributor for video surveillance purposes, according to the warrant. Using surveillance video, though, from a nearby business and a convenience store, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office deputies were able to identify the tractor trailers used in the burglary. Deputies later found additional surveillance video from a tractor trailer storage facility that showed the three tractor trailers used to remove the cases of alcohol. Jeez, $1.6 million worth of booze. That's even more than Nancy Pelosi has in her liquor cabinet. Crooks are now using tractor trailers to steal. I mean, that's how you know America's crime problem is way out of hand. Okay, one more. There's a Georgia man that was left reeling after getting a $1.4 million speeding ticket. But the city officials say the figure was just a placeholder, not an actual fine. Connor Cato tells WSAV-TV in Savannah that he received the citation after getting pulled over for driving 90 miles an hour in a 55 zone. He called the court thinking the figure was a typo, but says he was told that he either had to pay it or appear in court. Savannah officials say anyone caught driving more than 35 miles an hour above the speed limit has to appear in court where a judge will determine the actual fine the figure Cato received reflected a, quote, placeholder that was automatically generated by e-citation software used by the local recorder's court, according to Joshua Peacock, the spokesperson for the Savannah City government. The actual fine cannot exceed $1,000 in addition to the state mandated costs. Now, here's Cato talking about the fine, along with criminal defense attorney Sniff Patel talking about what a more typical fine would would be for this kind of misdemeanor $1,480,032.51 the lady told me on the phone I I told her this might be a typo I don't know I'm not sure and I told her the amount it was and she said, no, sir, that's the correct amount. You either pay the $1.4 million or appear in court on December the 21st at 1.30 p.m. The maximum for a misdemeanor is $1,000. If it's a misdemeanor of high and aggravated nature, the maximum would be $5,000. Peacock tells the Associated Press, we do not issue that placeholder as a threat to scare anybody into court, even if this person heard differently from somebody in our organization. He goes on to say that the court is currently working on adjusting the placeholder language to avoid any confusion. Imagine getting a $1.4 million fine for speeding. Although, I guess with fees from those speed cameras, it's really not that far off. I mean, honestly, we're we're probably not far off from a $1.4 million speeding ticket. I mean, after all, you know, inflation is rough. Look, do me a favor. Give this podcast a five-star rating. This is all five-star stupidity, folks. And look, write a review. Make it really stupid if you've got a little more time. I'd like to feature it on an upcoming episode because when you rate and review the podcast, it shows up more prominently in searches because folks are desperately out there looking for stupidity. And they can find it right here. You can share the podcast to help them with that search. Put it up on your social media so folks won't think you're too stingy with your stupidity. If you haven't done so, hope you hit that subscribe button because you frankly don't want to miss what we have coming up for the weekend episode and the future episodes as well. And by the way, if you're just streaming the podcast and you always are having to wait while that thing buffers and all that stuff, you know, if you're in crappy self-coverage or Wi-Fi coverage, just download the episode, put it on your podcast player. That way you'll have it with buffer-free enjoyment. I recommend using Podcast Addict. It's a free app for great optimum performance, and they have two types of paid versions as well. And besides this particular episode, we've got the weekend episode featuring my insane Florida nephew, Pancho Guerrero. He'll answer questions with his sage wisdom, where you can ask Pancho about anything. You can also test your skills against Pancho when we have our insane game show. And, of course, he's got his own first-hand Florida stories as well. And every week after the podcasts are published, I put all the articles from the episode Stupidity on Telegram Messenger. And you can read that on the app when you join the Insane Eric Lane Stupid World channel on Telegram. You can comment about the articles. You can share the articles with your friends and even make comments or suggestions about the podcast as well. Preview that channel and get a link to, do- to download the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash insaneericlane. That's t.me slash insane E-R-I-K-L-A-N-E It's all totally free and available in either desktop or mobile versions for Windows, Linux, Android, or Apple platforms. You can also follow me on social media as well. Just search out the handle at Lane on Facebook or Twitter and stop by my website sometime at InsaneEricLane.com And here's this week's verbal meme. You never realize how boring your life is until someone asks you what do you do for fun? Kong, Ki-chong Kong Kong Ki-chong Kong K-Kong Kong Chong kong, 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 kong. Ah! In St. Eric Lane's Stupid World is produced with the support from Mr. Laughs Comedy and Large Media, Wise Brother Media, Universal Comedy Network, and Wise LLC, and AmeriCountry.com. Theme music, It's a Great Big Stupid World, is written and performed by Randy Stonehill. Copyright 1992, Stonehillian Music, Word Music, Twitch and Vibes Music, and is available wherever you download your music. In St. Eric Lane's Stupid World is distributed by Spotify for podcasters. Record your podcast as easy as talking on your phone, and have it distributed to all major podcast platforms. The editing and music library are all at your fingertips with Spotify for podcasters. Download the app from your favorite app store.